Hi, my name is Callie, and on this podcast, hindsight is everything. Our goal is to look back on seasons we've been through and help prepare those about to face the same things. There's something powerful in knowing you're not alone and knowing someone has gone before you. So I gather up some great people, I ask them all the questions I can think of, and then, hopefully, by the end, we're better than when we started. I'm so happy you're here. Welcome to No One Told Me. I currently can't breathe through my nose, so just, I need you to bear with me here, okay? I'll do my best not to mouth breathe into the mic. That's my two showing. I need you to feel okay about my stuffy nose right now. I have learned an insane amount about myself through the Enneagram. I've learned the why behind so much of how I respond, how I act, why my emotions get away from me. And based on the response to our last Enneagram episode, I think a lot of you are figuring yourselves out too. Over the next two weeks, we'll go further into the Enneagram, how it applies to our personal and professional lives. Today, we're talking to my friend, Jackie Brewster. She shoots straight, like real straight. Jackie connects with people so quickly, and both her and her husband are incredible at intentionally investing in others. She's a certified Enneagram coach, and she unloads so much about how this test plays into our relationships. Here's No One Told Me the Enneagram Can Help Me. Uh, a few months back, we did an Enneagram 101 episode. I mean, it was the most basic of basic topics. Um, we just went through the numbers and it has blown up. It has been our most listened to episode so far. So I took that to mean that you all want to know more. So I knew I had to reach out to my friend, Jackie Brewster, who is, and correct me if I'm wrong, Jackie, you're in the process of becoming an Enneagram coach, right? I am an Enneagram coach. You are. You're officially yep. an Enneagram coach. Yes. That is, yes. oh, this is, uh-huh. this just got better. Look, at, it yes. just got so much better. <laughs> but before we jump into all that, Jackie, tell us a little bit of, of your backstory, kind of who you are, what you love, what you don't so much love, that kind of deal. Okay. Well, like you said, my name is Jackie Brewster. I live outside of Nashville, Tennessee in this little town called Franklin. I love Um, Franklin. I love it. It's so sweet. It is. And we live five minutes from downtown Franklin, which is this little quaint area, shopping and great food. And um, I've got four kids, 17, 15, and twins that are 10 that... um, I'm I'm surviving. That's what I'm going <laughs> to say about that. Bless <laughs> your sweet, sweet heart. For, well, as soon as you said four kids <sighs> is when my, yes. I was like, yes, absolutely. <laughs> surviving is what we're doing. Um, I have been married for 20 years to Stephen Brewster, and we started our own company this year. Um, and just it has been so much fun. It's We get to work with worship and churches and um, leadership stuff, all kinds of fun stuff. So um, we just... Yeah, I think I'm loving that. I'm loving where we live. Um, we have a great community of people around us. What I don't love so much, well, that would be housework. Oh, I'm, <laughs> like, I'm so with you on that. And I cannot pay anybody to do it, which I know lots of people do, and I love you for that. But I, I've tried, and then the they leave, my kids come home, and then the toilet stopped up again. And I'm yes. like, this is, I'm not doing this. Like, this is... <laughs> 
that I'm not paying that within kind of seconds. money for this. Within well, seconds. It's just, yes. Everything's dropped at the front door, mud's tracked in, toilets are disgusting. Forget it. What so, was the point? I'm with you. Uh, uh-huh. Yes. So y'all so, are, yeah. you jumped into this new adventure. And yep. I mean, I know that you all are crazy busy. I mean, you have been all over the place. But last time that you all were in town, I remember talking with you about um, you becoming an Enneagram coach. So what mm-hmm. interested you in that to begin with, in the Enneagram to begin okay. with? So um, we were, I've been interested in Enneagram for about seven years. I had this, um, I had this great girlfriend and uh, she was with us through, she still is with us, but she was with us through a really, really tough season. Uh, One of our twins was born with some medical issues and she's had to have surgeries and it's just been a super intense rough road for us over the past 10 years. And so um, about seven years ago, she was walking with me and, you know, the twins are trying to climb out of their stroller, everybody's screaming. And she's like, I have a book for you. And I was like, okay. She's like, it's just, it's for you. This is going to help you, I think, figure out a little bit more about you. And it was like this breath of fresh air in that season of like, I felt like, I still feel like, um, I give, 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 and try to figure out and navigate all these, um, health issues and medical thing, all kinds of stuff with our little our little person and then just life in general. And it was like, oh, maybe I do need to take a look inside and see how I'm wired and why I do what I do and things like that. And so it was this, it was this beautiful discovery of like, oh my gosh, this makes sense to why I react the way that I'm reacting or why I feel like I want to run away. Yes. <laughs> this makes sense. Um, so that was the beginning of my journey on discovering the Enneagram and then just kind of you know, like tiptoeing around it. Um, we just, from Enneagram, we did a lot of intense counseling in our marriage and then intense counseling with kids. And so we are a huge fans of that, of that, of that kind of world of, mm-hmm. um, of just like digging in, figuring it out, how to be better. Um, and you know. the Enneagram probably, I'm guessing, um, just mm-hmm. kind of tipped you off tipped both of you, I'm assuming, into yeah. the world of, okay, we need to kind of figure out who we are and how that plays out in yes. everyday life. So uh-huh. I can't uh-huh. guess, I'm sitting here trying to figure out what your number is. Mm-hmm. And I don't think I can guess it. What is your number? So I'm a seven. <gasps> okay. Uh, mm. So I am a seven. I'm an enthusiast. Now, when I took this test seven years ago, I was an eight. And uh, let me tell you a little bit about how I think testing is great. I, I like the test. I think it's a great jumping off point, but it's, I think the narrative, like learning and reading and, and figuring it out is super important when we're doing this kind of self-work because it's self-work. It's not like, um, this is who I am. So deal with me. Mm-hmm. It's like, oh, this is why I do these things. How do I grow and become healthy? Mm-hmm. How do I stop the patterns that I've, that I've relied on? Um, and, and used as crutches. Does that make sense? Yes. It may, I mean, um, that's what you just put words into the thing I couldn't describe about the Enneagram is that it's, it's not just a fun personality test. So I is, love that. Yeah, it is not. And so I think, so when I first did this test, I was in thick of it with twins, um, four kids, you know, under 10. Uh, it was crazy. Steve has always traveled and he has always been, which we're going to talk about him in a little bit, but then I'll tell you, you'll understand why, but um, he is always, he's very driven. And so it's, I've had to keep a lot of structure and order into my home. Mm-hmm. And, um, and so I leaned heavy into that eight and that season of my life. Um, 
coming out of that season of my life and when I started to kind of like, let me dig some more into this, um, I, I test as a seven. And, and when I look into why, um, the, the key thing for me is I need security mm. in my life. And so um, that is the, the, the key thing for a seven is that they desire security. Um, and my dad and mom divorced when I was little, and I can just see how this has played itself out throughout the years. Mm. Um, and so there's a couple of things that really helped me hone in on seven, eight, because I leaned so close on that seven, eight, um, that that has been... That's been helpful for me to kind of, you know, dig in a little bit more. Yeah. But I'm a seven. I didn't, I did not realize, and I mean, I've already learned something and we've only been talking for seven minutes, but your number can change. So I wondered this because in college, no, I was kind of crazy. Change. So it doesn't change. It's no, just it what your strength Mm-mm. is. So explain um, that a little bit. Okay. So your, your number does not change. What I think happens is that um, with any test, we can manipulate the numbers mm. or we can test off a of base how we feel in the season that we're in. If we really hone into who we were in our early 20s, or maybe if, you, if you're in your early 20s taking that test, you're probably going to get a more authentic number. Mm. Um, so it's, I think the testing is fine, but it's really when you get into like um, the childhood message, when you get into how you move with or against people. Um, like there's, there's triads and stances and how you, how you navigate life, um, really helps you kind of hone in on your number. I have a friend that tested as a six, every test she's taken, she's tested as a six. Um, and she is, she's not a six. Mm -hmm. She thought she was a three, four. And then even with more self-discovery and digging and digging, she's a four, three. Um, so you don't, your number does not change. However, you might see, like if you're a two and there's been seasons of your life that you've been really assertive and kind of aggressive, you might see like, oh, I was not healthy, so I was going to the unhealthy side of an eight. Mm. Okay. That makes complete that Is makes that, complete sense. Yes. Does your do your wings change? Like do you Nope. Nope. Oh so- yes. You know what? Yes. Okay. This is this is interesting. So you are going to salt and pepper with your wings. So you're mm-hmm. going to use both of your wings throughout your life. Um, and so there's certain seasons. And what I've heard, like Ian Crone, do you know who that is? Yes, um, yes. Okay. I love, love, love his stuff. Um, I heard him say this too, is that at times people, like uh, the older you get, there's like you start to see people using the other, the less used wing huh. more. So I don't know if it's through growth and we just learn how to tame ourselves. Yeah. Um, so because I I never even looked at the six mm-hmm. wing of me, which is um, you know, I I just didn't. I was like, I don't, I don't think that that's me. Um, loyalist, you know, and so um I'm in my 40s. I'm only 41. But, um, <laughs> that's how I am with my th- – I'm like, I'm actually yeah. in my 30s now, but I'm 31. It counts. It's- yeah, yeah. So it's like as I see that happening, I am like, okay, I definitely understand how I'm leaning into that wing a little bit more. So you don't – your wings don't change because you use both, but you might begin to salt more with one and and – pepper more with the other. Does that make sense? Uh, yes, like, it makes perfect sense. I've yeah. always wondered that because I've, 
I never thought to ask, do you, does your number change or anything like that? So that's why I wanted to touch on that a little bit because yeah. I didn't know, mm-hmm. but that was the perfect explanation, especially with the wings as you get mm-hmm. older, which mm-hmm. way you tend to lean. But yeah. I know relationally, this can be just knowing your number and researching it. It's not enough to just know it, but I love that you're saying right. know all the numbers, like oh, read about yes. all of them and learn yes. about all of them. But what um, mm-hmm. number is your husband? And I mean, I would, I'm so curious to know how that plays out in your relationship. Okay. Um, Steve is a three and he is an easy three. <laughs> like yeah. that is I mean, just that what is, he is. That's no surprise. Um, I don't think to anyone yes. who even has ever read anything from him before. <laughs> yeah. So he is, um, and he's on this journey with me, the poor guy. I'm like, you are my guinea pig. So I'm dissecting <laughs> your life and I hope that you're okay with it. Um, so, you know, um, so I, he, poor guy, poor guy, because threes are in the feeling triad, but mm. their feelings are suppressed. So I'm like digging his feelings out. And <laughs> he is like, you, if you don't cry every time we talk, this is not effective, Stephen. He doesn't ever cry. <laughs> so he just stares at me like deer in the headlights, like, oh my gosh, I, I, put it back, put it back, put it back, you know? Um, so, but he, so how that plays out in our, our life, right? So, um, he is super driven and, um, and he has always been this way ever since I married him. Um, he goes after what he wants and, uh, he can become a workaholic in seasons that he's not healthy. People will, people may think that he's a workaholic all the time. Um, but I will say that throughout the years, we've put structure in place in our life that we know how much we can handle. Uh-huh. And so we know when it feels like, hey, you're leaning into your workaholism, like you're escaping into work instead of being present in our family. Um, so, you know, I'm sure you've heard of the illustration with the tray with how many plates can you hold? Yeah, Everybody can hold a different number of plates mm-hmm. on their tray. Well, he just can hold a ridiculous number of plates on his tray. Yes. Um, but it's when you start putting the pots and pans on top that I'm like, hey, buddy. Hey, we have a family. <laughs> Surprise. Um, We're yes, still here. Like, <laughs> I'm super angry and this is why. <laughs> um, so the way that we navigate life together, uh, we both are in um, – there's stances. So if we get to this later, I'd love to talk about stances a little bit about, but this there, we're both in the assertive stance. So we go after life hard. Um, we don't do a lot of looking back. It's always about forward motion and, and, uh, what the future holds. And we are both risk takers. We, um, we both love people. We are, um, like we love life to the fullest. Mm-hmm. Um, so because of that, I think that we play well together, uh, but we can also get into ruts where he's working too much and and I'm like, um, as an enthusiast, I want to achieve, I want to go after things. Yeah. And so I can't go after things. Lots if of I'm, things. Yes. All <laughs> kinds of things. Like so many things in my head, it's not even funny. And so I can't do those things though. If I have these four little people and I yes. never have a breather. Mm-hmm. And so if there's an imbalance in, a, in our life, which, which this was 10 years ago when we went to counseling, I was like, I can't do this. This is crazy. This is nuts. And he was working like a crazy, I didn't know enough about this stuff then mm-hmm. or about our personalities. And so then we did some great counseling work and realize like, oh, we are both on different trains, on different tracks, going in the same direction and want the same things. How do we 
how do we merge and do this life together? Yeah. Um, and so that's kind of as a three and a seven, what we've had to do. We've had to, we've had to merge and give and take. And neither one of us loves um, to be told no. Neither one of us loves a ton of boundaries. We don't love, um, we like to pave our own path and make our own way. So you might tell me how to do it, but I'm probably going to want to figure out my own way. Mm -hmm. And the same, same goes for him. Um, So we've had to really kind of hone in on stuff. Now, the difference between that seven and that three uh, is we are both very driven. Steve is more like dialed in. Mm. And, um, and like I went with him, we went to, to, with one of our um, people a couple months ago and, and he laid out this plan and I seriously, it just still, I think every week I think about it. I, I was in awe of it. It was like, okay, here's everything we want to accomplish. Here's the date, the start date and the date it needs to be finished. And he laid this beautiful plan out for this organization. And I was like, what in the world? Um, it like, blows I your cannot mind. get this spinning. Oh my gosh. I just, my, I have all kinds of ideas, but I cannot get out of my own way to figure mm-hmm. out how to make the plan. So that three is really great at the details. I think that sometimes threes can, can be mistaken for ones because of that perfectionist side of them. Um, but the motivations are different. So motives are huge. And so that's why uh, it's really tricky for people to say, well, tell me what number I am. Tell me what you think I am. I don't, yeah. I can't, I don't know the motive by which you do anything in your life. So and what are usually, that's so, that's so interesting that what you just said, the motive is what matters. Yes. So for a three, yeah. what's usually the motivation as opposed to what motivates a one? Cause you said those are easily mm-hmm. mistaken. Mm-hmm. Uh, so a one is motivated by their perfectionists and they either want to perfect themselves. They want to perfect um, the environment or they want to perfect the world, a cause or something. Um, threes, threes, they they want to be um, affirmed and acknowledged, and they are achievers. And so they, everything that they do is about recognition mm-hmm. and identity. Mm-hmm. And so, um, so you could. I don't know if that makes sense. Yeah. Why those two can get mixed up? Because easily. They're both working very hard. And that's why, because I can think of a one that I know and I can think of a three that I know. Uh And once you pointed out the motives, I was thinking, I can see the different motives. It makes, it makes great Uh sense to me. But I mean, even Mm -hmm. in that sense, you know, saying relationally Mm -hmm. that our numbers can influence how we understand each other and how we Mm -hmm. relate to each other. Um, Can you talk a little bit more about how that happens and maybe some examples of which numbers are super, super compatible and which are, you know, maybe a little less compatible, my butt heads a little more. Okay. So I'm going to talk about stances in this part of it then, because um, I, I was thinking about that. All numbers are compatible. So there's no number that's not compatible with another number. Um, we're all uniquely created. And even though, um, you know, we we have all these similarities based on the Enneagram, all of the way that we were raised and different things like that can trigger different responses. So if you think about um, stances, so threes, sevens, and eights are in what we call the assertive stance. So they go after life, they go they go towards things and they are more aggressive in, in their approach towards life. So sevens go after what they want um, threes, if you get between them and their goals, they will be assertive. And I can tell you that this is the truth. Um, 
Steve and I work together, we work from home. And so a lot of our life is intersected that way. And I can say, hey, let's look at the calendar. And if he feels like I'm coming up against something that he really wants to do, there's going to be a pushback, almost like a hand held up. And I'm like, hey, we're going to lower that hand and let's talk about this a little (laughs) bit. Um, Because he just doesn't, he does not like to be told now. Mm-hmm. And so I don't like to be told no either. But um, so how do, how we navigate that is different. Um, and aides, aides are challengers. They are aggressive. And so they are more in your face as far as um, assertiveness. So they, you can usually feel an eight when they walk in the room. You mm-hmm. can usually tell. Um, they they just own the room, what they say. They dominate their environments. Um and their eights are great. Eights can be scary, um, but they are great. <laughs> eights um, can, can give you a, make you a little nervous, but they're still they great. They can. They can. Which I'll talk about that in just a minute and the compatibility part of it. Um, but ones, twos, and sixes are called. They're in the compliance stance. Um, so they they care more about people. Um, and they focus on people more than they focus on themselves. They move towards people. Mm-hmm. And so twos focus on other people's needs. Uh, ones, they want to be compliant and follow rules for acceptance in groups and just in life. They want to be accepted that way. Sixes tend to be group thinkers. So they kind of gather and they want to think as a group and be part of something bigger than themselves. Um, and then fours, fives, and nines are in the withdrawn stance. Mm. And so they don't move like towards or against people. Um, they look inward to get their needs met. Mm. And so fours are individualists. So they really, um, they want to be unique and they want to be viewed that way. So they kind of go in, they kind of create their own um, uniqueness. Um, Fives, they're um, emotionally distant. So they need a lot of privacy, which Mm -hmm. I have a five. My oldest is a five. And um, I could talk about fives for a long time. It's they're fascinating people. I think my husband has not ever taken a test, but just through uh-huh. reading them all, I think he mm-hmm. is also a five. Just it, he mm-hmm. fit that one the best. So I'm, yeah. I'm like you, super interested in all the dynamics of that one. Fives, um, they require a lot of alone time. Um, and they feel like the world is going to kind of zap them of all of their energy and resources. Mm-hmm. So they kind of pull back and hold hold to themselves. They're usually introverts. Mm-hmm. Um, there is a social the, the, there is a social side to fives too, though, in their own groups. And so just so interesting. Yes. Um, nines, they mentally withdraw from reality. So if, say, say there was an a eight and a nine in the room together, um, now, eights are assertive, and they're challengers, and they're going to come with it. They're, you're going to feel their force kind of behind their words. And um, nines are peacemakers. They're the sweethearts of the Enneagram. So nines, they want to smooth things over. They Now, eights and nines are both in the same anger triad, but the way that they approach anger is different. Where an eight, you're going you're gonna to know they're angry. They're going to come out. A nine it kind of it can come out sideways and it kind of goes inside themselves mm. where they hold on to anger mm-hmm. and resentment builds. Um, so what happens like if an eight and a nine are are having a confrontation or they're in a relationship, they have to talk through some things, an eight can come at, come at, come at, come at, a nine, and a nine needs time to process it. They need to be able to verbally, like take all the verbal stuff, be able to 
take it in their mind, process it back and be able to come back with a clear, like, this is how I feel about this, or this is what I want to do with this. So in the moment, they're not as quick in the response that, that, um, a more assertive type might feel like, come on, come with it. Mm -hmm. Um, Mm -hmm. so you might see that interaction play out. Um, so I think that if you know, which number you are, or maybe you don't, maybe the, that even helps you with the stances. Mm-hmm. You can say, I'm definitely not an assertive type. Mm-hmm. Then you would go look through the other two types, compliant and withdrawn and see. But when you recognize those, you might you might hit up against um, a number. Like you might be, you might be a, a, a three, which threes with the compliance stance, it probably works well because threes want to get what they want done. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and then that compliance stance is going to help them navigate that. Mm-hmm. It's probably a good fit. Um, the withdrawn stance can be a little bit tough for a seven and an eight mm-hmm. um, because they are trying, they are intense. The they way that the, sevens and eights approach life is yeah. intense. And so if they're coming at with intensity and then they're coming against a withdrawing type, that might leave them feeling like unheard or there's no response or what is going on. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, yeah. Um, so you could feel some pressure and that in the way that, the way that you approach life. Yeah. Um, I love these stances. I didn't even know, I didn't even know these stances existed, Jackie. So I'm so, I love that they can be grouped like that and it's easy to even look at those and see, the interactions that could take place, it's kind of a right. little bit easier mm-hmm. to understand how they play mm-hmm. into um, mm-hmm. each other as as a whole. And right. I mean, you said this at the beginning that the whole point of the Enneagram, it's not a personality test. It just is supposed to help you understand who you are. Um, it, it highlights what we're like when we're healthy and unhealthy and who we have potential to be and all of that. But with all of that said, I know that was kind of the basis that we did with the Enneagram 101 episode. And I know a lot of people are just kind of like, okay, so now what? Where do I go from here? What are some mm-hmm. next steps? Do you have any just practical advice, potentially, um, just mm-hmm. a little bit of a breakdown of, hey, here's, you figured out your numbers, so now what? I do. I do. I can go through them. I'm, I'll try to go through them pretty quickly. That's great. Um, just in growth. So so ones find it hard to relax other than when they're on vacation. So um, moving towards a more healthy one or more healthy you, just trying to take 15 minutes a day for yourself, read a book, take a walk, listen to music, or any activity that allows you to begin to focus on yourself um, without any outside expectations could be great for growth. Mm-hmm. Um, twos can downplay who they are for the sake of others. Um, and as they move towards a more healthy Two, um, twos would have to learn how to assert themselves in the room. Um, Try not to minimize their role or their voice, but instead use their voice to move things forward Mm. um, and recognize that they they are valued in the room. Threes are very driven and believe that they know the best way to achieve a goal. They want, they usually can hone in and um, A plus B equals C, let's go. Mm. And so, as you move towards a more healthy you as a three, you have to allow other people's voices into the conversations. Um, you've got to be willing to shift to others' ideas. Mm. This is a tough, tough, tough one. I'll tell you, after 20 years of marriage, this this played out in, um, in this great therapy thing that we did. 
but it was like, um, I tell it to everybody. So I, I hope Steve's okay that I share it. <laughs> Too bad if you're not, because half half of Tennessee already knows it, Stephen. So yeah, this piece is so interesting, though. But and this fits with that three personality that they know how to achieve the goal and they go after it. So we were in this session, and the the our counselor said, "Okay, why don't you guys get up and and move the furniture around the room to how you would like." this to go today. You know, where do you guys want to sit? So I stood up and he stood up and um, he starts moving furniture and then tells me, there you go. You can sit right there. And I looked at him like, you you didn't ask me anything. Like you never (laughs) asked me where I wanted it. And the therapist was like, hmm, so (laughs) how does this play out in your life? Like, is this, is this something that you guys see played out often? Yes, it is. Funny Um, you should ask. (laughs) Yes. Yes, it is. So, but that was, that's a great, even visual for people like if you are a three or you are married to a three or you have a three as a boss or whatever, um, oftentimes they know how to achieve the goal. Here's the plan. Let's go. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And so slowing it down and allowing other people's voices into the conversation is helpful. Um, Fours can be intense and sensitive. um, And as as fours move towards a more healthy self, um, they have to allow themselves to have fun in the process. Find the humor in everyday life. Learn to laugh at yourself um, in the situations that you encounter. Um, fours, I have a I have a four um, child, and a great way to describe a four is that they swim in melancholy. Like uh. they enjoy being in that melancholy mm-hmm. state. Mm-hmm. And so, um, you know, when my four-year-old, I mean, not when my four, when my 10-year-old <laughs> prays, um, she's like, thank you, God, for the surgeries. Thank you for that I don't have to be in a wheelchair full time. Like it's these intense <laughs> yes. prayers that I'm like, oh, I don't, I don't love to live it. Like as a seven, I'm like, heck no, let's let's praise God for the sunshine. Yes. Um, so so it's it's funny, you know, to really think through. But to learn to to have fun in the process, to laugh at yourself, to not take things so seriously, to. Um, their fours are very sensitive and just deep um, in the way that they process things. Um, and fours also, they are, they are, they look at life through like the rear view mirror. Mm-hmm. So they are not necessarily forward thinkers. They they look at life through experiences that have happened and kind of play out different scenarios in their heads. Um, Do you feel like so- fours get a bad rap? A lot of the time. Um, so I don't feel like that because what we have done for 20 years has been in a creative environment uh-huh. and nurtured fours. Okay. We mm-hmm. love um, fours. And so because of that, I don't think so, but I understand why other people could get frustrated with fours. <laughs> yeah. I just, out of all the numbers that I've read, I always feel like when people talk about fours, it's always like, you know, you said it, they swim in melancholy, mm-hmm. but they're they're okay in that. Like it's almost yes. like you feel bad for them. I think oh. it's more so not maybe yeah. a bad rap, but more like, yeah. oh, you're a four. But yeah. it's like that's where they want to be. Like they, they do, <laughs> mm-hmm. and like and so fours, fours, like their their um their issue, their thing, their their childhood thing. It's um they feel like there's a piece of them that has always been missing. Mm. And so they, there's just this little piece that just does not feel complete inside themselves. And so, um, 
So I've got a several, I have a lot of fours in my life. A lot of my family is a, are fours. That is it's so very interesting. interesting. Yeah. And so, um, but when I hear hope, pray and things like that, I'm like, oh, that little four. There it I is. There I it can't is. stay there long. As a seven, I cannot stay there long. Yeah. I think I just look at her sideways sometimes like, what? I mean, <laughs> let's go jump on the trampoline. I can try to do a flip, I promise. Um, so, <laughs> so it's just an interesting. So I can understand, um, they are temperamental. Fours are temperamental. Okay. So if you're hitting mm-hmm. up against a four, you might feel like that. They are more artistic and um, the way that they process life is different. Yeah. Uh, so the, their lens is different. They're very creative. But not all creatives, not all musicians, not all writers are fours, mm-hmm. which that I see. I, I see that tossed out especially here in Nashville, like, oh, four, four, four. And I'm like, that's not true. Like well, you no. have no idea the motive behind why they do what they do. So it's not true. Well, even um, Steven, he's super creative. And yeah. I mean, he's not a four, obviously, like we've talked about. And so he's not even a he's not even a three with a wing of four. He's a three with a wing of a two. I honestly I was thinking about that while you were talking. And uh-huh. initially I thought, I bet he's wing four. And then I started uh-huh. thinking about all my interactions with him. And I was like, there's mm-hmm. no way. He's a two. Mm-hmm. Like he's wing two. He's he has two. to be. Yep. Absolutely. Yep. He wants to be a four. <laughs> <laughs> he he's tries like, hard to be. He, he wants does. to be in that club. <laughs> he does. You know, he's like, I'm creative. And I'm the, I'm like, you are. You're all of those things. But you are way more helper yes. and uh, than you are. I mean, I think he, he, I don't know, he probably salts his food with both sides. I don't, yes, I don't know. I believe he's it. Like, he's like a unicorn. I have yeah. no idea. <laughs> Um, he is every single number. He is. It's just bizarre. Um, he's an overachiever, clearly. Okay, so, so I think you're um, at five. Okay, so yeah, five fives. for health. Uh-huh. They have an, um, an uncanny ability to compartmentalize their thoughts from their feelings. Um, and as a five moves towards a more healthy version of themselves, using body language along with words to express how you feel in in conversation mm-hmm. is helpful because. Um, Fives, fives also, they're very private people. And so they can compartmentalize even relationships. Mm-hmm. And so if you, if somebody threw a, a, um, a surprise party for a five and invited all of their friends, they would probably feel very, very exposed Yeah, because they have different groups of people that they don't necessarily want to intersect. Mm-hmm. And so in growth, how do you show up and be present um, and connect like your thoughts and your body? Oh my um, goodness, Jackie! It's like you're to... talking about my husband right now. I was just thinking yeah. about we do um, sometimes on the weekends. We'll just have a bunch of people over, and I'm just like, hey, anyone who wants to come, come. And he has uh-huh. to. He wants to very specifically know who yes. each person is, and then he uh-huh. his his best move is um, mm-hmm. he holds one of the kids at all times as like a buffer oh, because he yes. it's a different groups. And I mean, he went to school uh, at Memphis, so like most of the people we have here are people that I've known longer mm-hmm. than he has, and so. Mm-hmm. We, even when you said intersecting with different groups, a little bit of the yeah. discomfort at that, mm-hmm. it's that is him a lot of yeah. the time. Um, whenever yeah. we do have people over the house, so it's just it's crazy how accurate this is. Yeah, well, and another thing about a five is that if they were a phone and you plugged them in, they would charge about thirty percent capacity for how how they can interact with with the life around them, like mm-hmm. the world around them. Um, where we would 
as a seven, a hundred percent like charge, let's go. Yes. A a five does not charge like that. They need a lot of alone time, Mm -hmm. a lot of recharge time. And if they feel like they're going to be taxed in a situation like having a group of people over, they could be so nervous about being completely depleted that they don't know how they're going to get themselves back to be okay the next day to function. It makes so Um, much sense. Yes. And so, and I think being super sensitive to that, my oldest, he's 17 and he's a five. We've always allowed him to be his own person, you know, mm-hmm. um, but I don't make him engage yep. the way that I think I would have before I learned a lot about him. So, um, so interesting, but um, sixes can get into the habit of underestimating themselves. They can get caught up in the cycle of negative self-talk. Um, so to move towards a more healthy six, uh, it's important to take some time and write down the positive, the positive attributes about yourself. Write down the things that you like about yourself and that you know you do good, uh, that you know you do well. So if if you just take a little bit of time and really like um, don't say, don't get caught up in the what ifs or if I was only or it, what if this, you know, sixes get caught up in the what ifs of life a lot. Yeah. Just, lots of anxiety. And um, am I good enough? Am I going to show up? What if I say the wrong thing? Or different things like that. They can really kind of get tripped up and, and isolate themselves in some ways. So to really begin to to break that negative self-talk cycle and um, and speak truth about yourself, speak scripture over yourself, um, and and really hone in on those things could be a beautiful thing for a six. Yeah, that I mean, even just you just described it completely different than what I thought it was. So that that's he. I only just focused on the um, the what if side of it, not the uh, personal. Am I enough? Am I? I've never mm-hmm. heard of it described that way, and that's mm-hmm. it matches. It makes perfect sense. Yeah. I have some sixes in my life and I adore them. Mm-hmm. Um, so sevens have an overabundance of ideas that are constantly playing in their heads. <laughs> they it get is, carried away. I'll tell you it's one fine. thing. You can always tell a seven. I mean, yeah. I feel like you can always tell a three and you can always tell a seven. In my experience, it's like I see – like it just it, it just exudes out of the sevens yeah. usually. <laughs> I can usually pick them up pretty fast. I'm like, hmm. Or they tell me a different number and I'm like, hmm, let me dig around <laughs> I don't that think that's right. I feel like maybe. <laughs> um, but uh, we have an overabundance of ideas constantly, constantly playing out in our heads. Um, we can get carried away with them and then we have a horrible um, – issue with not finishing what we start <laughs> because we get bored. Yep. So we we want to um, stop what we're doing in the middle of something because this other idea seems more fun, right? So it's, it's really um, moving towards a more healthy seven would be listening more than talking, mm-hmm. mm. uh, being mindful of the time with somebody. Um, and instead of allowing a new idea to take, take you off track uh, and stop, working on the thing in front of you, like just to kind of hone in on the thing that you're doing. Like, mm-hmm. okay, all these fleeting ideas, right? Maybe, maybe it's even having a journal or a notepad by you that you can write them down, but that you just can just stay on track and finish something. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. which is really hard for a seven to do. Like I'm telling you, 
I think my family thinks I'm crazy. They're like, you always have a million ideas. I'm like, and I think I can do them all. That's the, um, that's the thing is mm-hmm. truly, this. I have a very good friend who is a seven and she genuinely, I, I do believe she could probably complete every single idea if there mm-hmm. were like 900 hours in a day. Mm-hmm. Like I yes. have no doubt that she would somehow figure out that it wouldn't all be at one time, uh-uh. but she'd keep coming back around to it to finish yes. whatever it is. I'm like tinkering with all these, I'm writing, I'm writing two different things right now. It's ridiculous. Yeah. I'm actually writing more than that. It's stupid. Uh, but I, but part of it is multitasking. Sevens are great multitaskers. So I get bored. So I do have to have a couple different things going at the same time. Yes. Um, yeah. And, and that works for me. Mm. Now, 15 things, no, but three things, yes. <laughs> but three, um, I, you can yes. handle that, yeah. <laughs> yes. And I keep asking Steve, like, can you just take all of that I have in my head and can you like make me like a life plan. Do just, one of those fancy plans for every idea I come up with. Yes. I keep asking. It has not happened yet. I think he's like, I'm, I'm afraid to see what I'm that would I'm too scared like. to know what's yes. in your head. And I can't do it. How that. much is that going to cost me? Um, so, but uh, eights, eights like to be in control. Um, they are capable of moving life forward in a way that does not always allow others to have a voice in their room. Um, so moving towards a more healthy version of yourself as an eight, it would be to look at the relationships around you. Um, how much are you leaning on your own strength and not engaging on the strengths of others? How much are you, um, how much are you just kind of charging ahead and not allowing other people to walk alongside you? Um, so that would be that's a that's a good one for an eight. Like, yeah. how are the relationships around you? Are you nurturing them, or are you just plowing ahead and expecting people to trail you? Because um, that's not relation. That's not a relationship either. So, mm. uh, you know, a relationship is not somebody paving the way and and me following behind. A relationship is let's link arms and do this together. Mm. That is very difficult, and I think for every single number, it's difficult for different reasons. But. Um, so in nines, they're known as the sweethearts of the Enneagram. They're the peacemakers. Um, and because they have a hard time asserting themselves, sometimes they can get lost. Mm. So as nines move towards a more healthy version of themselves, it's an, important for them to be able to speak up and um, in the room to be a little bit more assertive, to say what they want or maybe what they don't want, um, to, to be clear with their expectations, to be kind yet firm. Um, and then as they see that people value their voice, I think that they'll become a little bit more confident in showing up in that way. Mm -hmm. And so that's what I would say. Those are some growth. (sighs) That is, I've never heard it broken down that way. And I love that. Even if you get like, we passed my number way back at the beginning with two, but I loved Uh, hearing all the other ones because that uh helps me learn how to help guide or speak into or partner Mm -hmm. with the yes. other numbers in my life and taking their next steps too. But you hear the terms all the time thrown around um, when you're in health and when you're in unhealth. What yes. what plays into that? Kind of what does it mean when people say when you're healthy or when you're unhealthy in terms of the Enneagram? And what are some triggers for the most common numbers that will send us maybe to unhealth or to the healthy part? Okay. So when you're healthy – average and unhealthy. This is probably my favorite part of the Enneagram. Um, it, it's, you find your number, you find all these different things about you. And then you, then you get to this chart and you begin to identify like, oh crap, I'm like in the lower part of average or I'm hitting unhealthy. <laughs> like, oh my gosh, I didn't think I was that bad. Yeah. Um, 
So, but from like healthy, the healthiest version of yourself is, is knowing who you are, the essence of who you are. So, so the Enneagram is basically a personality that we have created around ourselves from, from early, early on. Um, and how it's, it's been how we've been able to navigate life and keep ourselves safe. Mm-hmm. So that's what this is. It's, uh, we're all born with um, different dispositions and temperaments. And then, and then the, the way that life happens at us, and usually pretty early on, around the age three. Um, wow, really? It's, yeah, it's God, really early hey. on. We start to build this personality to protect ourselves from the world. And so, you know, doesn't matter how good you, you were brought up, we're in a broken, fallen world. So we're going to hit up against things that, that make us feel unsafe or we need to, you know, we need to achieve to, to be loved or we need all of them, right? I could, I can't. Let me not get off track. <laughs> See, the seven. Your seven sure, is showing, just Jackie. Goes so fast, I know. Um, but so it's the personality that we put around ourselves, and so as we uh, as we see this, the really healthy side of us is that we begin to chip away at the, at the personality around us to really see who we are at the core of who we are mm-hmm. and who we are in Christ, and it's this beautiful like, um, like um, just being centered and being like relaxed in your own self and, and not achieving or not trying or not people pleasing. It's not, mm-hmm. you know, not feeling like you have this missing piece anymore, but really feeling like understood by God and loved by God mm-hmm. and then being able to be understood by people around you. So um, all that to say, so the healthiest version of yourself would be like you have dug up lots of stuff about yourself and you are functioning with more of who you are at the essence of who you are all the way down to the, the, the unhealthy version of yourself at the very bottom of that. That's where we start to get into like, um, some health, health issues and, and mood disorders and, um, mental health stuff where we need to start taking a look. And so I always say like, I do Enneagram coaching. I'm not a therapist. Um, so, so I love to help you discover who you are and, and kind of dig through things and, you know, um, what's your signature sin? Or I always call it the thorn in your side. It's that one yeah. thing about your personality that's not going to go away. So then how do we navigate life with it mm-hmm. and recognize when it's happening? Um, so, but when we get down to the unhealthy part, that's usually when we have to say, okay, we've dug a lot. Here we are. Let's go see a counselor. What are we going to do about it? Yes. Yeah. 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 So, so that's how I, I, that's what I think about with the, you know, the, the way that that does. But what I would say is that the things that trigger us, they are the thorns in our sides. Mm-hmm. So each one of us, each number has a thorn that, um, that is, it's a signature sin or passion, or like I said, a thorn that, that they're going to deal with and then how they navigate that through life and how it plays out. So are you okay for me to go through those real quick? Yeah, sure. I mean, that's why I was going to piggyback that okay. with the, um, uh, what do you see each type struggling with? So I feel like these are very similar things. Yeah. Yeah. So, and I think that this is the triggers for a lot of us yeah. or life triggers us, honestly, in all mm-hmm. kinds of different ways. And, and let me say to you that we can be healthy and um, I don't know what I was listening to. I was listening to something, um, a podcast of some sort. And he said, like, we can be totally healthy driving down the road. Somebody can cut us off. And then we give them, you know, a nice hand out the window, nice yes. gesture. And then we've just <laughs> gone from, up. like, healthy to unhealthy. Like, we yes. just crashed, you know. But then you just kind of bring yourself up. So I do think that 
you might find throughout your days, weeks that you're like, you feel like you're doing good, 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 good. And then something happens and you plummet back into like, and one of your unhealthy traits comes out. It doesn't mean that you're, you know, falling apart or anything. It's like when you begin to understand that and see those trends happening and you yeah. can pull yourself out, that's when it's healthy. That's when you're like, okay, maybe I don't need to go to counseling. It's when you cannot get yourself out of this constant trend of unhealthy that you, yes. that you need to go get some help. Um, but anyways, okay. Number one, um, theirs is, um, your thorn. So if you're a one, your thorn is going to be anger, but it often looks like resentment. Uh-huh. So, um, one, they suppress their anger, uh, leading to continual frustration and dissatisfaction with themselves and with the world. Okay. And so yeah. one struggle with resentment. And this is the thing about, I think, these signature sins or these thorns is that we don't necessarily recognize them and how they're playing out in our lives uh-huh. until like the light bulb comes on. And then you start to say like, oh, that reaction is because I've got lots of resentment about this situation. Um Choose, there's this pride. And it's not a pride puffed up pride. It's a pride of like, I can do this on my own. Everything's fine. I don't need anybody. Mm-hmm. So um, it's the inability or unwillingness to acknowledge their own needs. Mm-hmm. And so that's how that plays out with two. Um, three, they deal with deceit, which is like, ah, oh, <laughs> when I hear that, I'm like, oh, God. <laughs> um, but... <laughs> I know too much. I know too much. <laughs> uh, so, um, but in, in deceit, like threes have a really hard time with being forthcoming. And so mm-hmm. um, with themselves, like they, they, they really have this ability to deceive themselves into believing they are as good as their next achievement. And they're only as good as, as, you know, what people say that they are. They're only as good as the identity that they project. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, you know, how to get through that is... It's, it's hard work. It's hard work. It's really um, takes lots of God. Yes. Um, so fours, in, fours is envy. And it's not an envy of like, oh my gosh, I love that dress. I want it. It's an envy of other people's ease in life. So okay. they are envious of um, other people's ability to navigate life that looks like without problems or like, oh my gosh, that looks so easy for that person because they feel like there's a void inside of them that if they just had what those people have, that they wouldn't feel incomplete. Mm-hmm. So that kind of envy. Um, five is a variance or greed. So mm-hmm. they they get um, caught up in, in almost like hoarding time, money, resources, everything, because they never want to be without mm-hmm. or feel like they have to ask for help. Um, so they kind of withhold themselves from the world. Six is um, their their thorn is fear, but it often looks like anxiety. Uh, and so they kind of play out like worst case scenarios of everything in their head. Um, and there's a lot of apprehension um, about possible future things that could happen. And it, it kind of it just kind of leaves them standing still and unable to make decisions. Sixes have a very hard time making decisions because of the way that they play out everything in their brain. Mm-hmm. Uh, seven is gluttony. And it's not a gluttony of like food and in and, and that way. It can be, but it's not. Typically, it's, um, it's this unsatiable desire to fill yourself up. So you just never feel full. You mm-hmm. just always, it doesn't matter what experience it is. It's just never enough. Um, so, and it's, it's 
overcome feelings of inner emptiness. Mm. And so um, sevens crave positive stimulation and ideas and activities so that they don't have to feel or think about pain, any painful things. Um, so very much forward thinking. Don't I love that. Back. So you said a feeling of inner emptiness. I think you yes. cut up for just a second, but that, yep. I wanted to make sure we got that part because mm-hmm. it was so accurate. Mm-hmm. A feeling, yep. They, yes. Uh, inner emptiness. So eights, um, their thorn is lust. And it's not a lust, like a sexual lust. It's a lust of um, this constant need for intensity, control, and and self-extension. They are just lusty in the way that they go about life with um, great intensity. They like to assert themselves and and just um, kind of go after things Mm -hmm. in a way that feels like you know, intense. Mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. Um, and then nines, there's a sloth. And so their, their thorn is sloth. And it's, it's not laziness. Um, it's more not showing up to their own life, not fully engaging with their life. Mm-hmm. Um, they want to be unaffected by life. So almost kind of numbing out. And so whether that be through, you know, binge watching, Netflix or whether it's reading a book and getting lost in that or whether it's just kind of um, you feel them disengaging mm-hmm. with social with social activities in life or just um, doing what needs to be done to get by but but never really ruffling any feathers. They just, you know, they don't want to kind of stir the pot so they'll They'll let things slide by yeah. even when they should be addressed. And that's uh, – we, um, in the first podcast, we, like, said the words, like, hey, this is kind of the downfall, but we didn't fully explain it the way that you just did, like how it actually mm-hmm. plays out in life. Mm-hmm. And I think that makes it so much easier to kind of get your head, hands around. Like, you're like, yes. oh, yeah, I do that. I didn't realize well, I did that. Yes. And I'll tell you, I'll just give you a quick example of a seven yeah. and how that how that gluttony plays a part, like, in my life. Um, so if I have $50 and I'm going to go to the store, then I'm going to look at the sale rack and how much I can get for $50. Mm-hmm. I'm mm-hmm. not going to be like my husband, who's a three, that $50, he's saving it because he wants to buy that pair of shoes Yes, and that's what he's getting with it. So that's it's his like, end goal. Yeah. Yes. Yes. And, uh, and the sevens is like the more, the merrier, Yes, you know, and it's like, that's not true. He's how like, much can just, I get? <laughs> yes. He's like, we just cleaned out your closet. You have 25 pairs of jeans. And I'm like, I bought them on sale. And he's like, why do you, you know, but that's when I really started to see that, that number, that, that gluttony yeah. coming in my life. And I've like, he and I, you know, have done some work on stuff. And so he just kind of made this, we made different rules about different stuff. And one of mine was like, if I'm going to buy something, I have to give it away. So then yes. I really have to think, do I want that? Yeah. Oh, you know, what's makes... my purpose of buying that? Is it just that the spending high that you get, you know, what is this? That And that's so. the whole point of all of this. Even this conversation uh-huh. is that you're putting these parameters in place. Like you yeah. see, I do this, this is a habit. It's not a healthy habit. So I'm going to do this to mm-hmm. combat it. I mean, it just, mm-hmm. it, it fully explains why it's even valuable to have this information. And you've mm-hmm. even talked a lot about um, how this has played into your relationships, not just with Steven, but I mean, you've brought up, Hey, I have a friend who's this and a friend who's mm-hmm. this number. Yeah. Um, but how, how can, and this is our last question. And I kind of saved it for last because it's one of the bigger ones, but how can we use uh, 
the Enneagram to help with relationships and conflict. So whether it is a spouse or a sibling or a roommate or a friend or Mm -hmm. a parent, how can we look at their number and our own number and maybe use that to help move toward a healthier relationship Mm -hmm. or conflict, conflict resolution or whatever that could be? Mm -hmm. Um, I love this question. I feel like the Enneagram is just this amazing tool that that we have at our fingertips. Mm-hmm. Everybody has it. We don't have to pay for counseling sessions and things like this, which I totally believe in. But it's this it is this beginning of under, like understanding who I am, but who are the people around me and why they do what they do. Um, it gives us this great empathy when we lean in and we listen and we learn why people do what they do. Mm. Um, it can kind of help us understand end game on some things like why are you doing that? Like, I mean, Steve and I, we both bust each other all the time. Like, Hey, I really feel like you're doing this because you, you know, you are trying to get recognition for that. Or for Mm -hmm. me, he's like, I feel like you're trying to escape and you're going to the mall again. Please don't. Um, (laughs) Please for the sake of um, our children's college education, don't do it. (laughs) Yes. Yes. True. Like, but, um, it really is a, it's a tool that we can use to begin to uncover, like uncover who we are, uncover um, the people around us, and then use it for the greater good. I would say, like, do not use this as a weapon. Don't weaponize the Enneagram. Don't mm-hmm. don't say, like, you know, you're a three and you are deceitful, and that's why you do what you do. That's a weapon. That's not right. That's and that's not even true. Like, that's that's a thorn. That's mm-hmm. not who he is. And so, um, or it's not okay for me to say, like, I'm a seven. Like, I'm enthusiastic. I want to yeah. go after life, and I I frantically escape when I don't want to be in something. And so that's what this is. Well, no, it's for me to recognize what that is and what does it look like to grow in that. Mm-hmm. Um, and I can't say that we do this great. I think it's a dance that you begin to recognize and grow, recognize and grow. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, um, somebody had said to us, like, as you guys go through things and you guys, there's going to be lapses, like repeat patterns of, you know, like, why am I at the mall? I have nothing. There's no need for me to be here. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, <laughs> so then it's like recognizing, like, why am I here? Like, what am I trying to avoid for me? Um, what am I trying to avoid doing mm-hmm. or, or, you know, why, what, what intensity am I trying to feel yeah. or, or fill myself up with, with this action? And yeah. so, um, yeah. it just kind of begins to help understand that. And, um, I don't know, like, I know, I know my mom's never, and so I can, I can kind of understand where she's coming from on stuff. And I know my sister's number. So when we're talking about stuff, I'm like, I, I don't. She's a four. Like, I don't want to swim in melancholy. Yeah, <laughs> you have. Like, you you meant it when you said you have a lot of fours in your life. I do. My I've got two sisters and my and my father. They're all fours. That's crazy. Like what? And my daughter. I'm like what? And is then there's this? the seven in the family just running around yes. like a maniac. Was- and they all they're like <laughs> I show up and they're like the life of the party. Okay, is now Let's we do this. Now Christmas could start. All yes. right. <laughs> yes, it's craziness. It's craziness. Um, but I think so. I do think that learning numbers, figuring this stuff out, um, not using it as a weapon, but using it as a tool for growth. Um, and it just increases our compassion and empathy for people. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. And then, you know, then we all, you know, end goal, point them to Jesus, right? Yeah. And, yeah. and um, you know, yeah. Jackie, this was 
so I mean, it was so much information, but I'm so excited to have it because now I kind of know um, what to do with myself in the number. Because I've read the books and I've learned as much as I can, but I, I work best when I see it play out in life. And so your yeah. examples and all of that kind of showed me how this plays out in in everyday life. So I'm so thankful that you decided to become an Enneagram coach because now I feel like I have this wealth of information just right at my fingertips. So it's great. (laughs) Yes. Call me anytime. I love to talk about it. It's a problem. My kids are like, oh my gosh, don't look at her in the grocery store. Not again. No one say the numbers one (laughs) through nine. Okay. Just don't even reference it. That's what they're like. They're like, oh, they roll their eyes if anybody even asks me anything. We'll be in the car. I love it. Okay, Jackie, we end every episode with one question. And it is, what are you so happy someone did tell you about? So all that means is, what's something that you're super into right now? It can be anything. It can be a Starbucks drink, a Netflix show, a podcast, a song, a food, a restaurant, a place, whatever. Just what's something that you love right now? I love beach body. That's what I love right now. Really? I like, yes, I I love to work out, but I I don't know why I feel like I don't have time to go to the gym. Yeah. I clearly do. Which but I, one? I, Are you doing a specific one? I am doing the 80 day obsession. Oh, I just gosh. started it. I have a girlfriend in Charlotte, Erica, and she's like, hey, do this with me. And um, I was like, okay, I'll do it. And then I'm like, this is at my fingertips. This is That's, fun. It makes and it easier, right? I mean, you can just it throw does. it on. Yeah, it makes. And there's all different, all different levels too. So mm-hmm. I really, I really am liking that, and mm-hmm. just the freedom and flexibility to do it throughout my day or however that works. Yes. Um, so yeah, yeah, that just I feel like oh, this is me time, and lo- it's okay. <sighs> so it's just me. Yeah. Who does that one? Who's the the host of it? Uh, Jillian Michaels. Okay. Oh, I love her. I used to do her uh, 30 day shred leading up to yeah. the wedding. And I would do, um, cause they were just like 20 minutes uh-huh. and it was the best thing in the world. But she, yeah. there's something about the, once you've watched, and I don't know if that's how this program works, but like you end up watching the same one several times before you get to the end of it. And it's like, you can start memorizing like what yeah. they say and then like how the people behind them are responding yes. and you kind of pick your favorites of like yes. the people. Yes. With them. Yes. And I then just, the ones you don't like. Yes. Like, I'm never going to look like that. So yes. You just put, put there was one named on. uh, Ramona with 30 Day Shred. Uh-huh. And I was like, get Ramona out of here. I don't want to, yes. I don't even want to see her <laughs> yes. doing this move right now. I don't get her out. Yes. <laughs> yes. Yes. Or you just think if somebody was videoing this, this would go on America's <laughs> Funniest Videos. Like, it's pretty awful. But always, I used to I always be so thankful it. that we didn't have like security cameras or anything yes. because I just didn't need that floating out there anywhere. <laughs> it just, I, I didn't need it. But Jackie, yeah. thank you so much. I know you're about to head out of town on a lacrosse trip, which, I mean, who knew Tennessee had lacrosse teams in it? I didn't. All right. Newsflash. It's, it's, listen, I think it might be the bougie Franklin people over there with the lacrosse teams. (laughs) I mean, it feels like it's, they were selling acai, how do you even say that? Acai bowls outside of the game yesterday. (laughs) That is the most Franklin thing I've ever heard. (laughs) I know. It was awful. We're over here in East Tennessee with our nachos, with the, the cheese that'll last seven years. It's great. Oh, gosh. It's great. Yes. Well, not here. Oh. Oh. Well, Jackie, so. thank you so much. We appreciate you. I will link to, uh, I know people are going to want to know more, so I'm going to link to a couple of things that you mentioned. Okay. And, of course, people will be able to find you on your social medias through mm-hmm. my page and the show notes. So we awesome. appreciate you. I hope you have a great trip. Thank you. Thanks so much. 
I love ending every episode telling you how thankful I am for you, that you would take your time to listen to what we're trying to do here. So if you loved it, or even if you have feedback, I want to hear about it. You can either hop on over to iTunes and leave us a review, or you can just DM me on social media. Usually I'm on Instagram the most. It's at C-E-Holla. And again, I love hearing from you guys. So make sure you either write a review or send me a DM, which always seems a little bit desperate asking for it. But here I am asking anyways. Thanks again for tuning in.